We continue our series, In the Footsteps of Jesus, and we're in the Gospel of Luke. This morning, we're looking at the baptism of Jesus, Wade in the Water. We are in Luke chapter 3, verses 21 through 23. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts and minds this morning. Well, this morning we're looking at wade into the water and the baptism of Jesus. I don't know how many people uh, remember your baptism. Many of you were baptized as a, as a baby, so you wouldn't remember that, but you could see all the photos, wonderful photos. And, uh, and then uh, some of you were baptized a little older in life. Some of were baptized as, a, as adults, yeah. Um, I was baptized, I guess, in between somewhere, <laughs> about yay high. And our church, whenever possible, baptized outdoors. So we did it in the summertime. And we had a small pond in Pennsylvania. I grew up out in the country in Pennsylvania. And it was a, it was a muddy pond. And in Pennsylvania, you have this thing called blue clay. And <laughs> blue clay is great for, for a lot of things. Um, it packs well. But it, it actually is kind of this blue-gray, and it is slick. I mean, it is like a mudslide. It literally is a mudslide, a clay mudslide. And so we used to wade in the water out there, take people with us, and sometimes we'd slip on the clay going in or going out. And it was all good, though. And then uh, we were baptized, and, uh, and then when you came out of the water, then people would join in singing a chorus, which was really wonderful. And I, I kind of vaguely remember I got pictures of that, but I do remember it was awfully muddy. And then I was privileged um, a couple years ago, about a year and a half ago, to go to the Holy Land, right? And so uh, in the Holy Land, you had a chance to affirm your baptism. So you weren't rebaptized so much as you, you affirmed your baptism. And I got a chance to do that in what is supposed to be the place where Jesus was baptized. You see the movie, but, and there I am right there. And, and I was so relieved to see that it was just as muddy as my pond back in Pennsylvania. But it was a very beautiful and meaningful moment for me. And, and sometimes when you see the pictures of Jesus being baptized, it's like this sauna, it's like the Mediterranean Sea, this blue, azure blue kind of a thing with the sun glistening. And, uh, but the truth is, it's, water was muddy in the Jordan River. And I think sometimes we have the choice of sort of cleaning it up, but there's something to be said about the muddiness of it all. And so I invite you to literally wade back into this story this morning. And Luke gives us more glimpses than any of the Gospels of the setting before Jesus was baptized. And so he goes into great detail about John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is out there, and he is preaching God's kingdom. He is preaching a baptism of repentance prior to Christ's coming. And so he's telling the people, the people are repenting, and they are going out into the river and being baptized. And then John is also foretelling the coming of the Chosen One, the Christ, the Messiah. And it's into this moment that Jesus appears, and of course, John doesn't want him baptized, but Jesus says, this is, this is the calling from God. And so Jesus wades out into 
that water. And I think that's a beautiful moment because there's a very real sense, Luke tells us, that uh, Jesus, when the other people were being baptized, and in that moment, Jesus goes out, and Jesus follows the, the tug of the Holy Spirit, the will of the Father, and goes to be baptized. And so when you think about that, in that moment, Jesus is literally being baptized into the water of all the repentance of all the people that John the Baptist has spoken to in that moment. And I, saw this, I think it's a beautiful picture to remember this morning is that Jesus literally is wading into the hurt and heartbreak and dirtiness of our life to transform them. And just like the people back then, I mean, people had done things that were wrong, sin shortcomings. People were also hurting from all the needs in their life, the brokenness and the hurt, whether it be an illness or whether it's the loss of a loved one. And I don't know where you are this morning in your journey of faith and your journey of life, but maybe your heart is broken and hurting. Maybe you have a loved one in the hospital. Uh, and Jesus wades into that, wades into the hurt and heartbreak and even the humiliation of our lives. And in his baptism prefigures something that is incredible, which is the cross and the resurrection, how all of that will transform that. And so there's that moment of baptism where Jesus wades into that. And I love this scripture passage that Holly read, which is so beautiful because it captures it all together. Titus, which is a, a brief book in the New Testament, but has some really succinct truth. And Titus writes this, but when the goodness and loving kindness of our God, our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy, through the water of rebirth and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. Wow, that is so beautiful and powerful. I love the story of Father Damien in Malachi, Hawaii, and Father Damien felt the call as a Catholic priest to go to Malachi, Hawaii, and at that time, this was back in the end of the uh, 19th century, and it was a leper colony. Before they knew the causes of leprosy or there was any way to cure leprosy. And so what they did was, just like in the time of Jesus, they put lepers in a separate place. And of course, this was a pretty good place if you're a leper, Malachi. But in a sense, you were cut off from everything. And so Father Damien went there and, and every morning he'd go out, he'd visit all the, the lepers. And then he used to preach to them and say that uh, God loves you lepers. And then one time, after all many, many months of being there, uh, Father Damien actually caught leprosy. And, uh, and at first he was traumatized by that because it's a horrific disease. It does cut you off and then you, the feelings go from uh, your, your hands and your feet and it's a, slow, it's a slow death, but it's also something that disfigures a person. But then he realized it was this calling like Christ to be not only with, just with physically, but also with them spiritually and emotionally. And so there was rumors all around the island that Father Damien had caught leprosy. And, and the first time that he spoke after that, the place was packed. And for the first time, instead of saying, God loves you lepers, he was able to say, God loves us lepers. And I think Jesus come as Emmanuel, God with us, as God embraces all of our hurt and heartbreak and this moment of baptism isn't just sort of a call for us to be baptized in water as we do so often with babies or sometimes with adults, sometimes everyone in between, but as a moment where we think about God's call in our life, how God does wash us spiritually as well as physically. 
And when our confirmands are confirmed in, on May 19th, it'll be the day of Pentecost, we affirm their baptism in a moment. Whether they, if they haven't been baptized, we baptize them. If they have been baptized, we affirm their baptism with, with water as a prefigurement of that moment that Jesus wades into our life and through the cross and the resurrection, we are immersed into God's love and grace, washed clean if you come forward. And so that's one part of this. And the second part of this is the Holy Spirit descent, which I think is beautiful. Now, I said before that one of the things that's an emphasis in the Gospel of Luke among prayer and the role of women in the ministry of Jesus is the role of the Holy Spirit. And you see it here in this moment here. And so Luke tells us very clearly, even this short section, that the heavens were open. It first of all says that Jesus prayed. Now, Luke is one of the few Gospels that include that. He includes that Jesus prayed. So important. And the Spirit descended in the form like a, a bodily form like a dove, symbol of the Holy Spirit. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. And it's so short, but it's so beautiful and powerful that the Holy Spirit came in this moment. And John has told us that Jesus will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And Luke also says that Jesus will baptize with the Holy Spirit in this, prefigures this, but also shows us that God's ascended the Holy Spirit in this moment. And I think it's so beautiful because in that, I love you, and in a sense, I'm proud of you. God is saying the most important fundamental things that any parent could say. Our Creator is whispering to Jesus, God's only begotten Son, I love you, and I'm pleased with you. I'm well pleased. I, I'm proud of you. And I think that's beautiful because we see the pool of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' life. And I've said before that the Holy Spirit, one way to look at the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is there to encourage us, to enlighten us, and to empower us. All those things and more. But that's one way to look at it. And Jesus led the way in all these things, including the Holy Spirit. But I think also because of Jesus' baptism, and prefiguring the Holy Spirit that would descend in Acts that we celebrate every day of Pentecost and hopefully the whole season of Pentecost and the season of the church year is that because of what Jesus did, that the Holy Spirit can come into our hearts and lives in the very same way and we can hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit say to us, my beloved son, my beloved daughter, in whom I'm well pleased. Can you hear this morning the whisper of the Holy Spirit coming to you? My son, my daughter, I love you, and I'm proud of you. And God knows better than we do the mistakes, the shortcomings, the sins that we have, the hurts, the heartbreaks. But despite that, God washes us through the work of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit and whispers, I love you, and I'm well pleased with you. Those are so, so important in our hearts and lives. Someone asked Karl Barth near the end of his career. He was over in the United States. Karl Barth was one of the great theologians of the 20th century. Some people say the greatest, certainly one of the top five theologians of the 20th century. And uh, Karl Barth was touring some of the American universities, and he was at Harvard. And he gave a lecture, and someone at the end of the lecture had a little Q&A section. Someone said, uh, Dr. Barth, what is the greatest theological truth you've ever heard? <laughs> And really, without missing a beat, he said, Jesus loved me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. We are weak, but he is strong. 
The Bible tells me so. And that is the most profound truth. I don't care how many degrees you have. I don't care all the knowledge in the world that you have, all the life experience. That's the most profound thing that we could hear. And it's so true. And in this moment, God is not only speaking it to Jesus, but Luke wants us to know as we pray and we follow Christ that we can be touched by the Holy Spirit, hear the whisper of God say to each of us, my son, my daughter, I love you and I'm proud of you. And it's so important in our lives. Today, where are you in your, your journey of faith? This is such a, a beautiful moment. We look at Jesus' baptism almost every year around this time. Each of the Gospels has a little different perspective, a little extra emphasis. And of course, Luke always has prayer and the Holy Spirit as parts that are important themes in his life. But you know, it's so profound in our own lives that we begin the journey here and we continue the journey in a new year and in a new moment. It's interesting, just a couple historical notes or geographical notes, if you will, that one of the things that when I went to the Jordan River, they talked about, but you can read about, that this place where we believe Jesus was baptized is actually the lowest place on the earth, the lowest place on the planet. And so Jesus went to the lowest place on the planet to be baptized. And it's such a beautiful symbol of humility, I think, that God is willing to go to the lowest, deepest parts of our lives and to share that moment as the people were going there with John's baptism of repentance and just pouring their hearts and lives out to God, that Jesus walked in to be with them and to heal that moment. And so powerful in our own lives. And I think God also bids us to go and to follow Jesus in a work of ministry. As our own lives are touched and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit and the saving grace of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, then we're invited too to wade into the hurt and heartbreak of humanity. There's hurt and heartbreak all around us. And so we, as disciples of Christ, as followers of Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, have the ability to go and just to, to care, to be with people. There's a um, great tape that's out there, Richard Foster, one of the people that I love, and I used to talk about the discipline and things like that, but he was lecturing and, uh, on prayer and on the spiritual disciplines, and had a Q&A section at the end of that, and someone was just talking about, you know, he's talking about uh, sort of giving yourself and fasting and things like that, and someone had raised their hand, and as he talked about sort of the, the discipline of fasting and the discipline of service, and they shared how they had gone over to India. There's an older man, and he wanted to see Mother Teresa, and it took him a number of years to arrange that, and so he goes over to where Mother Teresa is, and uh, there's a number of volunteers from all over the world, and she assigns them through the different people to go and do different things, and he had all kinds of visions about what he might do with Mother Teresa, but, but he ended up being assigned going into this river and taking the clothes from the orphanage and the hospital and to wash them in the river, because that's, you know, what people that part of the world do. And so he just felt awful because he didn't get to see Mother Teresa then. And uh, he's out there and he's washing these dirty clothes in this muddy river. And he just felt so humiliated by that. And, and then the more he washed and the more he saw, he saw the blood on the hospital gowns that he was washing and he washed those and some of the mess and he was cleaning. And he realized that he was washing these clothes of orphans and of people in the hospital and how that 
in this moment, he was participating with the very thing that, that Jesus did. And even though he wasn't able to heal those things, clothing is so much a part of human dignity, right? And so he was doing that. And he said he started to cry through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he said it was such a, a spiritual gift. He later did get to see Mother Teresa and uh, thanked her for that moment. But he said it was such a transforming moment that changed not just that moment in his life, but his view of ministry and discipling to wade into the suffering that is all around us and to work for, for the goodness of people and work towards the healing as we share the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit and, and work towards a better world. One last sort of historical note about that. This is not just the lowest place on the planet. It's also the place that we believe that Joshua led the people of Israel across the Jordan River into the promised land. Of course, they had to first pray and repent and follow, and then it was during a flood season where God would part the ways very much like God is as the children of Israel left Egypt and parted the Red Sea waters. But in this moment, I think Luke is whispering to us, and sort of the Holy Spirit is whispering to us that Jesus is leading the way into a new promised land. Not without troubles, not without challenge, not without adversity, but with the blessing of God as we follow Jesus in a road of discipleship as we will in the Gospel of Luke and hopefully will in all of our lives. And so it's still January. It's still a new year. I invite you to follow Jesus into a promised land. A land, of course, as Joshua showed us, that was not without some battles, some challenge, some adversity in life, but with a, a new promise that God's presence is with us in a powerful, powerful way. So today, as we look at the baptism of Jesus, think about your own baptism or just the promise of what God has done that is an outward sign of what we say is an invisible moment of the Holy Spirit. Through what Jesus did on the cross and through the resurrection, paid the price for our forgiveness for all of our sins and shortcomings, and also invited us to follow him in receiving the Holy Spirit that whispers to us, Every day, if we just listen, my son, my daughter, I love you, and I'm proud of you. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, as we look at this moment in the life of Jesus and in our own lives in a new year, Lord, we pray for each and every one of us that you help us to wade into the water to accept your forgiveness and love and grace through what Jesus does what Jesus has accomplished on the cross for us, but also to be raised to new life that we might follow Jesus in discipleship, that we might be about tending the, the wounds of those around us, to caring for those who are sick, who've lost loved ones, who have grieving hearts into the hurt and heartbreak of our world. But more than anything else, Lord, help us to continue each day to hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit say, my son, my daughter, I love you, and I'm proud of you through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Christ's name and all God's people said, amen.